This is Eitan Weinstein. And I'm Naor Menninger. And you're listening to Two Nice Jewish Boys. Thank you. You are Thank a father. You. More importantly, a homeowner. More, yeah, but we'll uh, get to yeah, that. But yeah, I also had a daughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And her name is? Brunhilda. <laughs> now, I, I named her um, Daniela. Mm-hmm. I named her. No, mm-hmm, I'm kidding. We, mm-hmm. we, we decided on the name Daniela. Mm-hmm. It just kind of came to us. Now nah, we had a list. You have like a list ready of a couple of names. Yeah, you ran some by me. You sh- yeah, you run them by your friends. They tell you which ones sound like cheap strippers. And then you basically, by process of elimination, land on the cheapest of the stripper names. And that's how you go. Yeah. That's how you get it. Yeah. Now, now my daughter will forever have this episode to look back on and know why she was named Daniela. Yeah. Now, uh, but she also has a second name. Daniela, yes. We gave her a middle name, Daniela Esther, Esther, Daniela Esther Weinstein. Um, Esther is my grandmother who passed away Mm -hmm. uh, last February, so of 2021. Uh, And she was, yeah, she was an amazing woman. Mm -hmm. She was an amazing woman. She made Aliyah from Morocco, you know, in in the 50s, basically slummed she's it. the mom of your mom she's the mother of my mother she they slummed it in shlomi in northern israel mm-hmm. the, the, the the north of the north f- the north of the north the floor of their home for the first couple of years was just mud she has a story where she found a snake in my mom's cot in my mom's uh baby cot and then at that point they decided to move out buy a house my my grandfather was extremely hardworking. And they ended up building a home and, and raising um, six wonderful children, my mother being one of them. Uh, and she was just an amazing woman. I thought amazing they, woman. I thought all my Moroccan Jews were... Uh, were chachachim. No, not chachachim. We're, you know, we're facing with uh, racism and couldn't succeed on their own. That's the yeah. narrative well, they, many sold us my, throughout my the years. My mother has always been um, like very much opposed to uh, just kind of f- like surrendering to those kind of ideologies, mm-hmm. um, to those kind of ridiculous ideas. That just the, the, it seems like the whole point of them is to get you down, right? It's like it seems like the whole point of that ideology is to tell you you can't succeed. Yeah, and she she refused to believe it. She went to the army, even though it was very much like uh, against the tradition at that time for religious and traditional families. But they were raised basically like being educated that they can achieve anything. That and that. Yeah, my grandfather was very hardworking. Mm-hmm. Uh, he worked um, in in like construction, and he ended up. Um, uh, and also in sanitation. And he ended up kind of progressing to levels of managerial positions. 
Um, and he was like, he was very, he was like a people person. And yeah, and they raised them as, you know, as just normal people, like go out, work hard. Study. Study. Yeah. My mother went into university, which also wasn't very common in those years in, in Israel. She went to university. She studied. Uh, eventually got Not her PhD. Sure it wasn't common. I think it was more common that we'd like to think. Yeah. I think so. I think many did go. Like many Mizrahi Moroccan Jews did go. We're talking about like the 80s. The 80s, yeah. I think many did go, but they're just like the silent majority. Basically, I think. You think so? Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I know going to the military wasn't very common back then for those kind of circles. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, she was an amazing woman. So we decided to name my my daughter. I got uh, to hang out with her. Yeah, how adorable your wedding. is she? No, I'm talking about your grandmother. Ah, my grandmother. Yeah, how adorable was she? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at your wedding. Yeah, I uh, I had a sit down with her. It was really nice. And yeah, I also came to your place and uh, hanged with uh, Daniela. Yeah, yeah. It was magical. We were lucky. We were lucky to have her at the wedding because it yeah. was it was about seven eight months before she passed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, we we had it right on time, and she was there, and she was she danced with me on the dance mm-hmm. floor. Mm-hmm. Got drunk. Yeah. Yeah. Flirted with the guys. <laughs> she flirted with Noor. <laughs> uh, I mean, who can withstand his his amazing good looks? You yeah. know, it's just impossible. I have an old soul. What can I say? Yeah. So, so that's that's her name, Daniela Esther Weinstein. Nice. And we are just elated and tired as all fuck. <laughs> like, yeah. We just we have gotten like very little sleep. Mm-hmm. She's basically a poop, vomit fart and pee machine and sleep that yeah sleep yeah she she needs to she needs to gain energy in order to poop and pee more yeah (laughs) Um, but yeah it's it's a wild wild thing it's insane Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. insane um and you bought a place and we bought a home right on time it's like six days before she arrived, we signed on a place. It's funny, guys, because prices, if you don't know, prices in Israel are rising in ridiculous rates. And the Israeli media, a small pack of of journalists, economics journalists, have been running a campaign for years. But now it's even more, as the prices continue to rise, their campaign gets more and more intense, where they basically say it's all a bubble and like... Yeah. people it's it's the banks the banks and the the and oligarchs the, and the high-tech uh, workers are basically raising like uh um are to blame artificially uh yeah rising raising the prices there are two narratives so one narrative is to hate on the high-tech people yeah who get salaries and buy apartments and thus the prices go high and there's the other narrative from the video that i sent you the other day where basically shalom stodomsky the Communist slash socialist propaganda machine. uh, Head of the economic desk. uh, Desk at uh, the Israeli PBS. Yeah. Basically blames on the banks and the construction companies. Uh, Uh, They're at fault. um, And he says basically that people are taking these huge mortgages for apartments that we all know are not worth those prices. And all those economic uh, journalists 
air quotes. Uh, they are none of them Around have the apartments. Economic or the journalists or the <laughs> whole thing. Both. <laughs> the whole thing. They are famously don't have a. They never bought apartments. Yeah. And they're so frustrated for being they're so bitter, like, so stupid, so bitter. Then they try to you know to to detain others and uh, deter others yeah. from watching those those articles those pieces are always it's always like watching those fast food uh, documentaries about how bad fast food is for you it, all it makes you want to do is just go get some fast food <laughs> yeah like, so i would always watch those pieces by shaul amstildamsky and he's like bah, 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 economy bah, socialism and all i hear is the prices are rising i need to buy an apartment <laughs> yeah and i finally My, did i always tweet like what these journalists say you should do the opposite exactly the opposite yeah even there he even released a video of him and his mother which you yeah. shared which was hilarious yeah. he, he sits down with a talk uh, to have a talk with his mom and his mom even his mom is like what are you doing you idiot why don't you buy an apartment I mean she didn't actually have that accent but she basically says like you know you need to buy an apartment yeah, it's you're the a best investment you can make here and, it, and he was trying to convince her that uh, so even his mom who I don't know what her like academic background is but he's studied econ economics and mm -hmm. whatever even his mom has the basic like the Street basic smart. common sense yeah of like you need to buy an apartment yeah. but it wasn't easy for you guys right like you no it was really difficult the market is really really yeah, really tough right now explain to our listeners what it's like so the market right in israel is right now a seller's market there's very few there's very little supply a lot a lot of demand and uh the prices are very very tough so if you're a, if you're a buyer going in you there's not a lot of apartments to choose from. And then when you do get into a negotiation, it's really tough for you to make any kind of stance. And, you know, um, so it took us a minute to get used to that too. Right. Like you, you, at the beginning, you come in all, all, uh, assertive and, 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 and confident. And you're like, yeah. no, I'm not, you know, we'll offer 200,000 less than the asking price. We'll yeah, offer yeah, like yeah. 10% or like the or average Israeli who likes to hoggle. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then you realize that the average Israeli is trying not so hard not to be a flyer and they end up being a flyer yeah. like Shaul Amstelamsky. Um, and so real slowly realize like, okay, you can't do the 15%. You can't do the 10%, like the best you're going to do. And there was even an article on this in the news recently, the, the average uh, difference after negotiation right now in Israel is about 5%. Yeah. And we got about three and a half, where, 4%. Wait, did, where did you buy? What did you buy? Uh, we bought in Hulon, which is a uh, suburb of Tel Aviv. Mm -hmm. Great, great area, great neighborhood. Uh, the whole, like, Hulon is known as the city of the kids, right? So it's like a great, it's a great city for families. For people My, who don't know where Hulon is. It's like south, south, uh, east of uh, Tel Aviv, basically. It has like a border kilometers. Yeah. Um, but this place, this place is like 10 minutes from drive, 15 minutes drive from my place. And they're now building the light rail, which mm -hmm. is going to connect the whole area. In five years um, or so. Yeah, in about five, six years, this one is supposed to be done. I give it whatever, 10. But still, it's going to influence the prices the closer it gets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right now, the red line is already basically going to start. This the, year. Yeah, later this, this year. year yeah. um, which is going to, which is already like hiked up the prices in Batyam like mm -hmm, crazy. Mm -hmm. So I, the same thing is probably going to happen in Hulon. Great neighborhood, great area, um, um, you know, 
there's parks all around. Relatively new building, no? No, I mean, yeah, like relative to Israel, because some some buildings in Israel are from like the 50s and 60s. Yeah, but this building is from like the 80s, 90s. But it's not like, you know, brand new. It's still pretty old. And Uh, it's not like you're going to live there. No, but it's a great investment. It's Mm -hmm, a great mm -hmm. investment. And just, you know, what's nice is the second you sign, that price that you're paying is signed on. And so every day that goes by right now, the whole, the whole uh, prices are going up. Prices are going up is yeah. is is for my benefit. You and hopped on right? the train. I hopped on the train the second you signed that document. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, we're getting the apartment in six months or eight months. But like I'm I'm just which is great. Right before Daniela showed up, right yeah, to yeah, just yeah. like take that that weight off of your chest because you you have to you have to realize, guys, like every week at least two articles three articles on on like the main uh, no but like in the main news broadcast at mm-hmm. like 8 p.m is about the prices going mm-hmm. up in israel they've gone up i think tw- like 15 20 percent even this last year in the last 12 depends months. where it depends. They, they it was 13 percent, but it ke- just keeps going up yeah, like, yeah, yeah. um so and, yeah and the reason is that in israel if you don't know the state Owns all the land. Owns all the land. There's a monopoly on the land. And they uh, um, try, they do the be- their best to not build buildings. And even when they do release some land for construction, um, for real estate, like moguls or whatever companies to build, uh, even when they do do that, uh, you know, the process for uh, an entrepreneur in the real estate field to raise a building takes like on average of uh, seven years no I, six I seven re- eight years i remember it was a while ago i remember six seven years ago i read it was 13 years so now it's it's the, lower it's lower because the average to actually build the thing is once they break ground right mm-hmm. then and they start digging for the foundations it takes them about two to three years yeah to build it like you know 10 stories they can build in two to three years and you see it happening all around Tel Aviv. The second a building comes down, I mean, Sharon and I were walking on Herzl like two years ago, and we saw the, we filmed it. We saw the destruction of a building. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I, it was pre-COVID. So, mm-hmm. so like, we weren't outside at all, right? And then post-COVID, all of a sudden, we took a walk, and we saw the building, the new building. And I was curious, so I looked back. And I, I found it was two years, two and a half years that yeah. had passed. So, like, it doesn't take a lot of time to actually build. It's the bureaucratic process leading yeah. up to breaking ground that takes sometimes yeah. five, six, the seven years. It's, it's, it's a mess. It so, is. so it really deters a lot of contractors yeah. and entrepreneurs. And the state won't release enough ground because the state is the greatest beneficiary from the rise of the prices because they tax the hell out of everyone. Yeah. And like, I just had this, I just did this um, research because I was arguing with someone which is higher, the tax on gas in Israel or the tax on real estate. Because what we also have now high gas prices mm, because mm-hmm. in Israel, the taxes on gas are insane. Crazy. And do you know, can you guess? I think you told me. Yeah. It's equal, right? It's equal. So each one gives the state about 21 billion shekels a year. Which is like very close to $7 billion a yeah. year. 
in taxes. Like our whole budget a year is four hundred billion, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's our defense budget is what like sixty. So it's like a third of the defense budget each. Yeah. Together two thirds. But let's look at the state budget, four hundred billion. Together it's together 10%. it's ten percent. Ten percent only from real estate and gas taxes. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so when the prices go up, because oh, the yeah. taxes are percentages, so the higher the prices go, the more the more money the state makes. Yeah, and then they they yell at the government to lower the prices. Yeah, they have As zero if. interest to exactly. lower the prices. So everyone is on the party. But they are, they don't yell at the government. They yell at private industry, right? They yeah, yell of at, course. At the construction companies, and they yell. Oh, at that's what's so annoying. Banks. about those journalists. Yeah. They don't they don't do videos about. I think they just don't do their job. It's much easier to go with their ideology and their yeah. agenda. And their populism. agenda is private industry is bad. Yeah, banks, government, and so and right social institutions are good. So we mm-hmm. we already like you already. You're just going to confirm your your ideology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they don't do the work of actually digging and thinking about what's actually causing the price hike. And it's really this bureaucracy is really if you think about it, it has a like a double-pronged effect. One, it limits the amount of uh actual buildings that are getting built, right? Yeah. Uh but it also like spikes the prices because there's less competition because there are less contractors that are willing to get into the game. It's not a free market. Then, I mean, yeah, it's a market with a couple of players and I those couple is exaggerated, but still you don't have a ton of players yeah. that are competing against each other and offering different to join. The, the game is not about being the best builder or taking the risks. It's about knowing Cronyism. the right people. Yeah. It's about bribing the right people. It's about bribing the people who are good with bureaucracy. So it's not about merit at all. Yeah. And you see it when you see the construction that's yeah. happening around. Then a porch there was, is falling apart yeah, or whatever. Yeah, there was, there was they just build buildings across from us. And the sidewalk is such, they call it here in Israel, Arab work. But, oh, you know, okay. that's, that's racist. You can't yeah. say that. But the truth is all the construction workers in Israel are Arab. So, yeah. anyway, they, they have like the, the sidewalk is just like, it's yeah. like it's like waves. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe it's like yeah, a artistic. design choice. Yeah. yeah, you don't get the. But it's like half the sidewalk is sunken in. It's just awful, awful work. So you have these construction companies that have no idea what they're doing. Yeah. Anyway, Mazal we have tov. an apartment, and Yofi. I'm happy. Great. But you're happy. Our listeners are happy. Yeah, exactly. But uh, we have some less happy news. Yeah. Um, Yesterday. Yesterday there was we celebrated yeah. Independence Day. Yeah, well, it was fun while it lasted. Yeah, the day before yesterday in the evening was the transition between Memorial Day and Independence Day, and then yesterday during the day was the day that everybody does barbecues and celebrates. You had uh, and uh, the flights. air show. Yeah, the air show. Um, and there is a huge celebration for the seventy fourth birthday of uh, our wonderful, wonderful country. Until until uh the sunset and in el ad which is a um haredi city municipality near roshain it's like about 10 kilometers east of uh tel aviv there was a terror attack in which two terrorists one with an axe actually one with an axe and one with a knife i think yeah, uh, we don't know the started exact- 
yeah, started hacking away basically at uh, innocent, you know, in the park. Uh, bypassers. People were having fun with the kids in the park. Yeah. Uh, so, and three people were killed. They were butchered uh, by, by an yeah. axe, basically. Yeah. Guys. Um, which was one hell of a way to end the Independence Day celebrations. Uh, so, first of all, yeah. The news broke. And immediately, you know, here in Israel, what like the the news channels are so careful not yeah, to call if there's, it. If there's a hint of corruption in uh, in uh, I don't know, BB, yeah, a story of corruption, they prosecute they'll and judge report and... it as fact. Yeah, you know, before they even heard the full, before someone even finished the sentence, yeah. like BB might have some corruption, and then boom, it's an article, prime yeah. time. Yeah, but this here they take their time, so they call it uh, a violence, a violent uh, incident in El Ad. Yeah, we're still looking into the details. Yes, no official confirmation, and then they start to get reports of people being butchered with an with an axe. So they will report it, and they know they already knew there are dead people there. And guys, El Ad is like a city; it's a Haredi city. With no, without any crime, like it's you know, it's a very small, it's a pretty small community. Even so, when they knew it was with an axe, they were still yeah, saying, they were still. Um, it, uh, we were not sure yet what it is. No confirmation and uh, just bidding around violent, the bush. A violent event. They just, they, they just, they just prolong as much as they can. You know, they they try to buy time. Yeah. Every minute where they can not admit. Because they have a goal, okay? They have one goal right now, which is to help Bennett. Bennett's government is falling. We get to that later. And the entire media is recruited to his cause. And so every minute where they can put some doubts, you know, shade the the facts, anything they can do uh, to help him on his narrative, they would do it. Yeah. So it took them forever, like 30 minutes or something, until they changed the headline on the live uh, broadcast to a terror attack. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. And then we wonder why the world reports on terror attacks as gunmen or attack in Tel Aviv or whatever, right? People found themselves on the path of an axe in El Ad. Yeah. We wonder why, but we report this way. I mean, it kind of has to do with the episode we just released the other day about our worst enemies being ourselves. It's just it's just abysmal the way they report on this stuff. Uh, and then the way the Channel 2 News just kind of ignored it this morning and continued. Okay, look, I get if it was Independence Day mm-hmm. today, mm-hmm. I get it. I get not conti- continuing on yeah, with not the... not let them... Not letting them destroy Independence Day and continuing on with the celebrations and, you know, having, like, uh, the regular broadcast come back and whatever. But it's not Independence Day anymore. It's Friday. It's just a normal Friday. It's the day after Independence Day. And Channel 12 News has these broadcasts where people are dancing and singing as if nothing happened last night. While a lot of the other channels are showing, like, you know, they have these special broadcasts and they're talking about it. Only one. Only 14. Only 14. But it's just, it's crazy. And it really puts this contrast up. Where yeah. Like you, it seems like they're trying to ignore it. Yeah. But even before that, like the thing that, like many, 
there's there are those nuances that really really piss me off so immediately you start seeing like there's this narrative you immediately start seeing and you get, you really have to be watchful and 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 alert Basically, all these tiny little things that are trying to excuse it as something yes. that's not institutional or that's not cultural. It's or... it's it's an there's an agenda. Yeah, there's an agenda, but the way they are so smart about how they implement this agenda yeah. as news, as objective news. So immediately you have um, the the news um, columnists or the news. Uh, how would you call them? Like the reporters, reporters, yeah. uh, the Arab specialists, the military specialists. Um, immediately after a the Arab attack, specialists, you know what it always reminds me of that saying, um, mm-hmm. like you can't see the forest. You're seeing, you're so, you know, you're seeing the trees. You're focusing in on the trees so much. You can't see the forest. Yeah. That's how that's so? the, because they're so, it's like they're so close up to these, to the enemy, mm-hmm. right? Like listening to Hamas uh, uh, spokespeople mm-hmm. and 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 learning Arabic, they're so close up that they Forget. forgot how to zoom out and see like who's Not on what all side. Of them. Like you have, but Tzvi sorry, I interrupted you. You have Tzvi Chizkeli, who is one of the top, and also Ehud Yaari, who are who are the top Arab, Arab yeah. specialists in Israeli oh, media course. and they are generalization. Yeah, but uh but you 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 have so you have the reporters who basically are so close to the military that they would um, automatically go live and just become the spokespeople of the military. So whatever narrative the military gives them, they quote like a like a parrot basically. Mm-hmm. And usually, the, and nowadays, unfortunately, the narratives of the IDF are not narratives that aligned with the interests of the Israeli people. Okay? Yeah. I, I, guys, I know I'm saying something very hard. It's hard to hear. And you, will never, you won't hear it anywhere else. But here on this podcast, we tell you the truth and nothing but the truth. So I'll say it again. The narratives that the IDF conveyed to the Israeli public using his spoke, spokespeople who, who, who show up in the Israeli, who are objective news people, but in reality they are so intertwined with the IDF that they, they have to say whatever the IDF tells them to say. Those narratives are not aligned with the interest of Israel because the IDF is deterred and and they don't want to fight, they don't want to win, and they're afraid. And uh, they forgot how it's to... It's a sad truth. And what it means in reality... This isn't a, uh, by the way... Uh... This isn't like um, a um, attack on the individual soldiers, right? No, it's, it's not. not. A... It's about the command. Yeah, it's about the command, not about the and not not even the commanders. Yeah, right? yeah the high command. It's about high command and about kind of the culture of the organization in general. There are a lot of brave soldiers who are doing everything that they can. Who wants to fight? Who want who are, to win? There are a ton of soldiers who are 
you know, unfortunately dying for the for this country. Um, and and those people should be honored and, and remembered and, and yeah, and given the due respect. But this is a this is a yeah, this is they a criticism want, of yeah, the so I think a lot of the soldiers exactly like you're saying they want, want to win. To. Yeah, they, they wanna want win. To They're willing to die for the cause. Yeah. But they won't get the order. Yeah. They don't get the charge order, yeah. basically. And, and that's that how you nar- see the, for example, Baruch Shmueli was his name. What was his name? Uh, on the border of Gaza, who uh, who was no. uh, basically there was a soldier. Chadaria Shmueli. Chadaria Shmueli. Anyway, there, there was a soldier on the border of Gaza who there was just a group of people. Ton of Gaza. Barel Shmueli. Barel. There we go. Um, on the and he was he was up against the fence with a gun through one of the I guess the holes in the wall, but he didn't get an order to shoot anybody. And there was just a ton of Gazans up against the fence. One of them eventually ran up, stuck a pistol through the hole, and shot him right in the head. Yeah. And that's why you see that. I mean, any army in the world would have blown all of those people to bits. Yeah. I mean, they're right up against the fence. It's basically an enemy at your gate, literally barbarians at the gate. And you're just, you're, you have a soldier there right up next to them and you're not even giving him the order to shoot. You're not giving anybody the order to attack them. Yeah. And what it means it, like in yesterday's uh, event is that those uh, news news people, they came out to the broadcast and... The narrative they were told to to implement in people's mind was that this terror attack and basically all the other terror attacks we saw in the last month are a result of inciting coming from Hamas in Gaza. Okay, now what you need to realize, guys, all the terror attacks in the past month were committed by... Arab, Palestinians, whatever, from the territories, from the Palestinian Authority territories, okay? And it's very convenient for the IDF and for the entire uh, leadership of, of the government of Israel to say that they were like lost minds who got drowned by propaganda for Hamas. Instead of facing the fact that, A, they all came from the Palestinian Authority territories, okay? I mean, Hamas can broadcast whatever the hell they want, but in the end of the day, people from Gaza can't do shit. Uh, without, they can fire rockets, but they can't go out of Gaza and commit terror attacks. Um, the only people who can do that are Palestinian Authority residents, and those are young people. Most of them are like 20 and they are, they derive from the Palestinian Authority educational system, which educates, it's a Nazi system. Yeah. It's a Nazi system which educates their children to hate Jews. And all those young people, the young terrorists, are uh, not, they're not Hamas's responsibility. They are in the Mahmoud Abbas territory under his uh, 
leadership, quote unquote. Yeah. And it's all the same shit, man. Yeah, but you know what I mean? Like this is also another thing that I I, wait, I get what wait, you're wait, saying. Wait, wait, I get wait. no, but I get it. I get it. What you're saying is they're trying they're gonna, to drive this narrative that these are Gaza. lone wolves. They're it's all Gaza, it's Hamas. Yes, because they the don't PA want is actually a partner for peace. And they don't and, want to do yeah. a military operation in the in, in the territories. In the yes. But yeah, exactly. And I agree. That's, I agree yeah. with it. But really, it's mm-hmm. all the same shit. They're all um they're all they're all. Okay. I'm I'm, I'm at risk of making a, a huge generalization which I know we're going to get. But I'm I'm saying they're all as in Palestinian. This is a generalization. I'm sure there are Palestinians that are peace-loving people, but they're the, <clears throat> they're the weirdos. Okay, if you're a peace-loving Palestinian who's like, hey, guys, maybe we should, like, make peace with the Jews and, like, you know, Boom. establish a knife to the establish, They're like, what is wrong with you, you weirdo? Right? You're like... No. They're, and then, or, yeah, or they murder knife you. To the, or they murder you. Yeah. You're a weirdo if you like peace in the, in, in the Palestinian territories in Gaza or in the, or in the West Bank or Judea mm-hmm. and Samaria. They're all the same. This whole difference between Hamas and like there's nuances. Like who gives a shit? They're murderous idiots. They're a bunch of murderous idiots. They're growing up in a horrible system that praises death and war and and blood and is thirsty for blood, is thirsty for Jewish blood. They hate life. They love death. Who cares if it's Hamas or the Palestinian Authority? They're a shit culture. But from a strategic military point of view, one group is... If we can make one of them against the other, then great. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. One group is secluded behind walls in Gaza. Yeah. And we, we, we don't need to deal with them unless they shoot rockets at us. And then we always have the option to to retaliate against them that's that's a very black and white easy situation on the other hand the arabs in judea and samaria are a coming and going freely inside our our land we don't control the borders sometimes there are no borders they are deeply intertwined with our population and there are no walls no borders even now, guys, like you need to realize they called, they said in all before this terror attack, they said they're gonna put curfew on the territories, right? Or like a military curfew on all the Palestinian cities for the holidays because they knew there's a chance for a terror attack. And even when there was a quote unquote curfew or lockdown, Still, it, it's it's worthless because here they, those tourists were able to get out of one of the villages. So it's it's meaningless. We can't yeah. really implement a curfew, and we like like we're stuck deeply intertwined with them. They come to our like as Ethan said earlier in the episode. They build all the all the skyscrapers in Tel Aviv. Those are basically illegal. Yeah, which I don't understand. We should shut that whole program down. I, like, I, I don't agree. Why, why not bring 10,000 Chinese? Yeah, uh, I am with you. you know, I'm with you. We do it anyway. We have, we have, I think, a couple of thousand Chinese, if not more. more I think 10,000 Chinese um, yeah. uh, people here working on the light rail and yeah. like different different project, construction yeah. projects here in Israel. Why not do 
Yeah, double we should it. we should double it tomorrow. Bring in a bunch and just cut off the Palestinians from Israeli society. Fuck them. Seriously, I don't get it. But Israel, yeah. like, we're so like we're just ballless. It's like someone's taken our balls and just sliced off our ball sack. Like we have no balls. That's a metaphor. Guys. Zero testicles. No, it's not even a metaphor. <laughs> we had these huge testicles attached to Israel, right? And someone literally cut them off. Maybe it was Sinai. Maybe Sinai is our ball sack, and we just cut it off. We did it ourselves. PG We're like, here, take our ball sack. Ah, uh, it's so upsetting. Man. What would you? But, what? But okay, this is, this is what I like about Kedal's uh, Emirati plan, right? Mm -hmm. Even though it seems so impractical, it's what you're saying. One's behind a wall, and right, yeah. divide and conquer. Yeah, uh, the Romans did it, and they were smart. Why not? Why like separating them into the their their clans as they are? Build as, huge right? walls behind. Make it very, very difficult for them to leave their right, their pocket, mm -hmm. wherever they live. That's their land. You clan, you get your land. Mm -hmm. Okay, you want you want statehood, you want citizenship. That's yours. You have it. You don't want to be part of the Jewish state because you hate Jews and you want to murder us. Fine, have your little bit of land. This is you. Do what you will with it. You fuck up, we'll fuck you up, and just do that for all ten. 15 different tribes in Judea mm -hmm. and Samaria. Because as Kedar, well, I really advise you guys to go listen to it. He, he basically explains that the West Bank is divided up into these different families, and that's how yeah. the Palestinian but culture then, is. And then you can divide it up. When a terror attack comes from one of those cities, like now, you see we don't have the leadership nor the, nor the will of the military to, to do anything. They don't want to do anything. Yeah. They get chased out of these towns. There's always these TikTok yeah. videos of the soldiers getting chased out. Yeah. And they are. They don't want to do anything. Instead of just dropping carpet bombs on Jenny. And now, on, on their Ramadan, we let hundreds of thousands of non-citizens to go to Temple Mount. It's why do we let them? Why do we let them in? Why do we let... Hostile, and then when someone raises an Israeli flag, a, an Israeli police officer chases them down and rips yeah. the flag out of their. No, hands. guys, you got to realize this. I don't think people understand what happened in this Ramadan. What happens every Ramadan? What happens every Ramadan is we let the exact same non-citizens. Okay, those are Palestinian Arabs who are not citizens of Israel who live in Ramallah in Nablus, in all those cities where those terror attack, attacks come from, we let them inside our borders, right? Without any monitoring, because you can't really monitor hundreds of thousands of people. We just rely on them coming, all coming back to their homes in the end of the day, basically. We let them go so that they can pray in Temple Mount. Why? Because if we won't let them they'll get really angry and there'll be an intifada basically yeah it's ridiculous it's and that narrative is one of the worst the idea that if we for example allow jewish prayer on the temple mount they'll get pissed <clears throat> that is that is us causing terrorism right yeah, it yeah. is us igniting that i mean every year about a month school. ago there was jerusalem day and every year there is uh the flag parade in jerusalem jerusalem days in 
in several weeks actually but several weeks ago ahead it wasn't Jerusalem day ah then. sorry it wasn't it's the day of independence of Jer- yeah. it's the day that Jer- Jerusalem was um, was conquered Maybe. in the six day war I think that's, um, that's Jerusalem Day, and it's in f- several. Never mind. They did, anyway. There's what's there's the there's the a reason? they did there's a, a flag, flag parade. Yeah. Um, we don't. Need you don't reason. have a good record of correcting me. No, this. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Although I cut that part from that. that you episode. cut it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I see. I see. You edit out the parts where you make mistakes. Yeah. Okay. So there. Basically, there's a flag parade where um, there. The whole idea is to march on throughout the streets of Jerusalem, which is the capital of the Jewish country, <laughs> Israel, in case anybody forgot. And it's not Tel Aviv, guys. A lot of people forget that. It's not Tel Aviv. Jerusalem is our capital. Israel, Jerusalem, capital, flags. Flag of your country. It's like war- walking down Washington, D.C., down whatever street in Washington, D.C., with an American flag. That, in Pissy. Israel, is considered inciting violence. Yeah. That is the mainstream narrative in Israeli news. Basically, anything we do is about whether or not we might piss off the Arabs. Yeah. Gotta be careful. Not like when Lapid went to stroll in the old city, you know, when Bibi or whoever goes to stroll in the old Ben Gvir. No, that Uh, might piss off the Arabs. You might. Till today, they blame Ariel Sharon for going up to the Temple Mount in October for the second Intifada. The awful, awful Intifada from 2001. They still blame Ariel Sharon for igniting that shit. Like, you spineless, ballless pieces of weasel shit. What the fuck? Like, where are the men? Where are people who actually have a backbone and are willing to stand up for what is theirs? Like it's like we've all lost sight of of dignity, respect, honor, manhood. Yeah, manhood. Not the pregnant man emoji. You might get it mixed up with that. That's not manhood. Not getting pregnant and having a mustache somehow. Um but actually being a man and protecting like what's yours. There are some pretty Pretty good women soldiers in the idea. Of course, and this is this is nothing. You know, my sister, my younger sister, was in Karakal. Mm-hmm. She was a, a, a warrior, right? Mm-hmm. Like a fighting. Mm-hmm. And in Magav, but, loads and in Magav, of women. There's tons. There's that great video of that Magav Niki like beating the shit out of that guy who's trying to cause uh, shit in Jerusalem. You know, you didn't see that. Anyway, I'll send it to you afterwards. But. In the end of the day, it's manhood, okay? I mean, I get it, but there's a reason that 99% of the people who go to war and die in wars are men and not women. Because if you had an army of women fighting an army of men, it probably wouldn't end well for the women. I know Unless they have uh, nukes. Unless they have <laughs> nukes, exactly. But I know that's not going to sound, you know, we're going to get a lot of shit for that. But that's what all of this is about in my eyes in the end. It's about forget. It's this whole leftist bullshit of forgetting what it is to be a man and to stand up for what's yours that sounds pretty maybe if we had a woman yeah. right-wing woman prime minister she would be maybe she would have more balls quote-unquote than than naftali bennett for sure but uh <laughs> i don't know i don't know i'm not too hopeful um it's it's infuriating it's infuriating and 
you know, you sent me the tweet. There's there is a sentiment in Israel of people. I think there's this this sentiment boiling up in people in in the majority of Israelis I think agree with what I'm saying, which is what's so weird. I think it's just that we don't have a strong enough majority. I think that the majority of Israelis that are right and that agree Jewish Israelis are the majority are first of the majority of the Jews, Jewish Israelis, and are not a strong enough majority of the Jewish Israelis. So it's like 55, 60% of the Jews, which ends up being like 45 to 50%. And then you end up always in this political stalemate. But yeah, and so and so you're screwed. But I think most Israeli Jews really agree with the fact that we should be fucking them up. Like, stop with this bullshit. But, you know, you you sent me the tweet of the guy who said, you know, uh, which somehow is controversial, that this guy who murdered these three Haredim with an axe, even if he comes out of his home with a white flag raised in surrender, he should get a bullet right in between his eyes. Mm-hmm. Which I think a lot of Israelis would agree with. Yeah. Most Jewish Israelis, again, would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Kill the motherfucker. But that is <clears throat> an awful thing to say, right? It's an awful thing to suggest it's that unhumane. our enemy who murdered three of our citizens should die promptly upon discovery. Like, why is that? Why is that? Why is that controversial? Not only he should die, but a large portion of his village should die. Now we're not going on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> only one way uh, to find out. It's out. war. Like, just fucking bomb them. Seriously. Make them. Like, it's the whole, like, the unproportional response kills me, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, that's the whole point. You're supposed to be unproportional. That's, like, the first thing, like, in prison, right? All the prison movies. I've never been to prison. <laughs> I'm not really sure if this is true. But they're like, Pick the biggest guy and like just go fucking insane, right? Yeah. And that's people shouldn't know what to expect from you. So they kill three people. You raise Janine to the ground, like just completely destroy it. I guarantee you, no one is going to pick up a knife for at least twenty years. Mm -hmm. Just raise it. No mercy. What is it? What is? What do you like? What was the Elon tweet? Elon, what do you like best in life? It was the reference to uh, new. I gotta, I gotta find okay. the, the script right now. We will be right back with you when Aton finds the the script. What Elon said? Ah, uh, what did Elon say? It was a tweet. No, I'll find it later. Okay. Whatever. Uh, what do you like best in life? To hear my enemies dying and their women and children lamenting, or something like that. I didn't see that one. Anyway, whatever. It's a reference to a movie. Um, Fucking A, man. Yeah, it pisses me off. It really, it's, I mean, you don't realize that it gets to you because it really does, it. it you get used to it. it. You get used to it, but it also, it, you don't, you forget the fact that it, 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 uh, it hits home, right? Because it really does affect, like you guys don't realize this in the States, but imagine in your city, right? Because mm-hmm. a lot of the cities in the States are about the size of Israel's mm-hmm. population. Mm-hmm. You know, New York is what? 15 million, I think. 
or eight million, but it grows to fifteen million with all the commuters. Like it's it, mm-hmm. Atlanta's like a couple of million, two three million. So like Israel is like a couple of big cities. So imagine in your city slash metropolitan area, there were these attacks against the people of your type, right? Like it wasn't like. It wasn't gang violence where you're not so worried because it's gangs against gangs and it's in bad neighborhoods. It was people coming to your neighborhoods because you're you, right? Something about you, whether it's whatever, you're Asian, you're white, you're Jewish, you're black, whatever. And they're coming to your neighborhood and they're searching out for people like you and they're stabbing them to death. In your city, not in the United States of 325 million people. Yeah, it happened. It could happen any place, any time, and it makes your life here um unbearable basically today i was strolling in uh, you know in rothschild yeah and a day after a terror attack when you stroll in the streets you are it's hard to explain this feeling like you always look uh, behind your shoulders you, you have look... a couple of moments you you inevitably forget about it because it's israel and that's like the what's unique about being israeli right you forget and you don't forget it's always on the back of your head yeah. you always are alert. you're always alert you're always like looking for it's like post-traumatic you know you always look for a you sit in a cafe you like a you like a cia agent you know you sit yeah. in a cafe your your first thing you do is looking for escape routes and you you're know? scanning every face around you scanning looking every for face people who, yeah who look suspicious yeah. who are alone yeah this is what um, living un- under terror actually means. Yeah, we had that. We had and, that exactly today too. We went out to get a bite to eat, and we're mm-hmm, looking over our shoulders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's and it's un unbearable and unforgivable. And and sh- that, what 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 they should be, and they they should be the the ones who live like that. Not not us. Yeah, but you they're know? not. They're not. They should. They should be so like regretful right now mm-hmm. that they ever told a kid to hate Jews. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what they should be doing right now, lamenting the fact that they ever thought to ever tell anybody that we should attack the Jews, because they should just be suffering so indescribably much. But nobody here has the balls to do that. And it's yeah, it's like fucking it, collective punishment. Yeah, it's collective punishment. Because there it's, are enemies. it's not a enemies. citizen. It's, it's war. It's war, and war. there are our enemies. Uh, but then the Aye. world would, uh, you know, if we actually did that, we'd be isolated, isolated like Russia. We'd have sanctions. I don't think, but Russia's not suffering, man. They they basically have Ukraine. They basically have Ukraine. No one gives a shit anymore. No, but there are sanctions. <clears throat> There's sanctions, Ababa. Yeah, our, our economy would 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 suffer. I don't think it would suffer that much. I don't think it would suffer that much. No. I, don't, I mean, how how much can people do without Israeli tech? Like, if we weren't such, if we didn't have such a competitive edge in the markets that we have an edge in, mm-hmm. then then maybe, right? I don't know. Because what is Russia? No, but what we, is Russia rely... exporting gas? Yeah, but but we... and when and they're exporting gas. And it took forever for the Germans to sanction them, right? They and they're still, still they still haven't yeah, totally. But, but Russia doesn't need like food from the West, for example. We need food. We need like we rely on importing everything. We can self maintain ourselves. Um, yeah, but I don't think the entire world. I don't think America would shut us out. I don't know. <clears throat> I don't think so. 
Let's find know, out. But... <laughs> <laughs> There's only one way to find out. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that people would look on that type of assertiveness with uh, disdain. Maybe someone would be like, fine, a fucking Lee. <coughs> <coughs> I don't Who knows? Know. Anyway, guys, uh, let us know what you think. <clears throat> yeah, hit us up. Um, what else is there? What else? Ah, uh, abortions. Abortions. <laughs> <laughs> nice little transition. <laughs> yes. Um. So as most I was of lynched you, on Twitter. Yeah. Were you? Yeah. For saying, like a girl, an Israeli girl, was writing. Uh, oh, this this verdict, it makes me want to go and protest uh, against uh, the U.S. Supreme Court. And, like, like, she's not, she's just an Israeli yeah. girl. But uh, And I commented, you know what's the beautiful thing is that you actually don't need to do that because that's the beauty about the American system that now you, you would still have states that, allow abortions and you have states that don't allow abortions and everyone can choose where they want to live and i wish in israel we had the same system here in israel we don't have a choice basically and it's a committee of rabbis you need to lie to the rabbis here tell them you betrayed on your husband if you want to get like approval for uh for an abortion and on the other hand you can get an abortion really late in the game yeah, <clears throat> but like you still need to go like thirty weeks, thirty-five weeks. You can still get an abortion. Committee of rabbis. Yeah, uh, we'd probably live in different areas if if there was. <laughs> yeah, the states. But that's what's great, right? Is that you can live wherever you want. And and I was lynched for that tweet. Yeah. What like? Well, let's give some context first. Yeah, uh, Roe Ro- versus Wade. But you'd be surprised because I think. A lot of our listeners might have some misconceptions okay. about what Roe v. Wade does okay. and what it means. Okay. I think most people in the States think Roe v. Wade is some kind of like abortion Wrong. is legal thing. And now if it goes away, abortion is illegal all of a sudden, all over the States. Okay. But they don't realize that Roe v. Wade is a Supreme Court decision to federalize abortion access. And once it's overturned, then... Like, basically, what Roe v. Wade does is it makes it a basic uh, a citizen right to have access to abortion. So abortions have to be accessible everywhere and legal everywhere, right? Who were Roe and... I don't know. Okay. It was Roe, she was a woman, Roe. I think it was Jane Roe, but it was like a pseudonym. Her name mm. wasn't actually. It was like okay. Norma, Norma something. But uh, they... It was in the 70s, 70s, early 70s. She was pregnant, and I can't remember what the story was there. But but it went up to the Supreme Court, and they made it so that it is uh, abortion is, is basically a right for American citizens. And what this is doing, what now it's, here's the Politico article. Uh, sorry to have to read from Politico, but whatever. The Supreme Court has voted to strike down the landmark Roe v. Wade decision according to an initial draft majority opinion written by Justice Samuel Alito circulated inside the court and obtained by Politico. 
The draft opinion is a full-throated, unflinching repudiation of the 1973 decision, which guaranteed federal constitutional protections of abortion rights in a subsequent 1992 decision. So basically, what it did is it gave protection of abortion rights. And taking this away means it goes back to the states. It makes it more of a democratic issue. Basically, the Supreme Court in 1973 said this isn't an issue that the voter has the right to weigh in on. Nobody can vote on this. This is a basic right. Nobody can say otherwise. You guys don't have the ability. And you have to realize this is what Supreme Courts do. Supreme Court is anti-democratic. It says we decide something. We don't care what the voter has to say. This is the right thing, right? So that's what they did with Roe v. Wade. And now they're saying, no, we're going to make it more democratic. We never had the right to do that in 1973, to tell you guys what's right and what's wrong. It's up to you, right? It's the more mature, more democratic approach. The Supreme Court is saying, we never should have done that. You now decide what's right, voters of each state. Vote on what you want. And so you'll have liberal states like California where abortion will be legal till, right, the third trimester and beyond. Um. And you'll have states like Alabama where it never will be legal from conception. And you'll have states in the middle. And you'll have a beautiful rainbow, right? It's like the LGBTQ plus Look, AI to me, community loves. like from arguing with feminists, I think that the, the biggest mistake feminists and leftists do here is that they make it a discussion about a woman's right on their body where the discussion, like... The discussion should be about what is life and when does it actually begin. I think it it would be wiser for the feminists to make this argument to to argue about this, you know, because I think this is what's what's the the, the discussion should be about. It should be about yeah. when does life begin. But if life doesn't start at conception and starts when the baby is born yeah then it is a discussion about they're trying to take the right so if if life doesn't start doesn't start until the baby is born then it's a matter of their right over their own body i don't have a if i don't have a life in it exactly but but this is why this should be the discussion but what you're suggesting them is to give ground is to like go towards where the where the the Republicans or the conservatives are trying to have an argument about where life starts, and the women are like, or the not the women, the feminists, the pro-abortion people yeah. are like, don't talk to me about life and no life. This is my body. Exactly. Right? You, I you think can't it's, even it's approach. It's an absurd approach because if I manage, like, let's say you're a feminist, okay, and let's say I prove to you scientifically, okay, scientifically. I prove to you that life begins in in the second trimester, okay? I show you all proof for that, okay? Then then if if I proved it beyond any doubt, then yes, you have a right on your body, but but there's another life form inside your body. So you can't just ignore it this fact that you have a living being inside your body and you are responsible on, just on, again speaking you know, hypothetically like yeah ha- saying, had you proven that life exists in your body yeah then this argument of i have a right on my body would be futile because there's a, yes you yeah, have no, a right I agree. you know what i'm I saying agree. so 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 to me this should be the discussion and now let's discuss 
you know, when does life begin? So some people, you know, on Twitter and even Ayn Rand followers, like extreme libertarians who say basically life begins at birth and people like Ben Shapiro say like life begins at conception. And I basically, I don't, I don't have an opinion. I don't know. I think, I think most Americans and most people probably are heartbeat or I don't know if give it like call it heartbeat. I think it's most people are like, don't talk to me about restricting my ability to have an abortion in the first couple of weeks, Mm -hmm. trimester, right? Up to 10 weeks, 15 Mm -hmm. weeks, Mm -hmm. right? And they're uncomfortable talking about abortions in the third trimester, Right, like we're not talking about thirty to forty health. We're putting aside health issues, like if right or extreme cases, which feminists love to bring up. Like, what if your brother raped you, guys? Okay, Google it. Yeah, so that no, but there's I actually googled this, and less than one percent of abortions are because of rape or incest. Less than one percent, like. 0.5% 0.5% or something. Yeah. So it's it's so really I, and and I always suggest like concede that point. Say okay, listen, if I'm willing to say that in the cases of rape and incest we need to uh have a case by case basis and think about, you know, lean, more lenient laws around those uh things. If I see that, okay, then can we talk about the other 99.5 cases of abortion? The problem there is that if you're if you're making the life argument, that it it's it's kind of uh, problematic to your argument to suggest that even in the case, meaning if you're saying the whole problem is to basically end a life, then it doesn't matter what the cause of creating that life was, even if it was the most horrific thing you can imagine, incestual rape, then it's that thing is not at fault for the thing that created it. It's like, I mean, after the baby of the incestual rape is born, are you allowed to end its life because it was the product of an incestual rape? No. Yeah. But that's why it makes it a a good argument to be be had. The the life. The life. Yeah. Yeah. Look, what what do you think? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not educated enough about the cycle of an embryo to have a strong opinion I don't think, I, I, I basically don't, I, I don't have, I'm not greatly opposed to abortion at the first stages. Um, and then later on, it, I think it's more problematic. Like the more living being it is, um, I think it's more, it's more problematic. But I don't, I can't put my finger on exactly, but I think it's a good discussion to be had and I'd love to, like if I'd love to see a committee of like scientists and doctors and and biologists and and you know people who 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 would come together and and decide and uh, maybe with with I don't know how. Yeah, but I think that that's what's so great about the American system, and that's why this isn't yeah. so much what the Supreme Court is doing isn't so much about abortion. Yeah. It's about democracy. Yeah. It's a good compromise to me to it's leave not a it compromise. to the state. There's. The whole idea of a no, federal it's a compromise system between no but the whole idea of a federal system is we should only federalize 
things What's in consensus? that are have wide reaching consensus yeah. and abortion is like right down the middle yeah like yeah. most americans are uncomfortable with this uh, with first trimester uh restrictions and m- uncomfortable with third trimester abortions so the a middle big ground portion, is to a be... big portion are anti-abortion and a big portion are are pro-abortion yep. so it, there's not a wide reaching consensus mm-hmm. let it go to the states and choose yeah. your state. Yeah, yeah, I think. And it also, is it's good, like uh... it doesn't make any sense, Bakitsu. In short, um, <clears throat> the outrage about it is just is just. Yeah, it, it's more of that virtue signaling yeah. bullshit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And to <clears throat> me, the moment you you can't say anything, they shut you up. Like, yeah, you've never had. Like, you're a man. You're not allowed to. Yeah, like you can't. Anyway. Which is, uh, it's just ridiculous because it's like you're so you want to control a w- woman's body, uh, or the vaccine argument, right? That, uh, I expect all the people who were like all the men who were like my body, my rights when it was uh, COVID vaccines to come and say, you know, stand up for the uh, pro-choice advocates at the Supreme Court or whatever. It's like, oh my God, you really can't tell the difference. The argument is that it's a life, that you're killing a life. And it's just so stupid. But, um, and also the fact that, that I think most people that are bothered by abortions are bothered by the fact, genuinely bothered by the fact, they're not moved by some kind of, um, by some kind of like, desire to own women's uteruses right which is like how it's framed in the media or in the left it's genuinely from a like a place that's that's uncomfortable with what they believe is murder yeah louis ck has that great sketch right where he's like He's like, come on, guys. Like, you can't understand them. Like, they think it's murder. They think you're murdering a baby. Like, what do you expect them to do? Like, oh, they're murdering a baby? Oh, okay, cool. Whatever. No problem. Like, no, if you think it's baby murder, you're going to be pretty up in arms about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we got an email. Yes. From Saul. Saul. Saul wrote to us. We just uh, recorded an episode I just mentioned, right? You want to read it? No, you read it. Um, we just recorded an episode with uh, Lilach Sigan about uh, about the New York Times anti-Israel bias. Uh, and we kind of had some harsh words about American Jewry, especially like American Jewry that mostly basically about American Jewry that are not supportive of Israel. <clears throat> so Saul wrote to us, yo, was listening to the podcast, New York Times episode, just wanted, first of all, I want to say, guys, first of all, thank you, Saul, for writing to us. And anybody who wants to write to us, whether it's in support or in criticism, please Threats. try and keep it respectful. But we love a good threat. We love a good hate mail. But honestly, if you write respectfully, we love getting mail from you guys. Uh, and this was really respectful and nice. So thank you, Saul. He wrote, yo, was listening to the podcast New York Times episode. Just wanted to say that the Jews in the U.S. are generally Zionists. There is a minority that are anti-Zionists and some number in between of people who are uninvolved or don't want to speak up about it for fear of social retribution. 
you guys made it sound way worse than it is. 67, then he gives us some stats. 67% of adults in uh, Jews in the U.S., 18 plus, feel somewhat or very attached to Israel. 74% follow news about Israel. 66% feel we have a lot of in common with Israel. 54% strongly oppose BDS. And 60% say Israel is an essential part of being Jewish. Most Jews are aware of the anti-Jewish bias in media. He writes, Jews in college campuses are fighting a constant anti-Semitism and generally stand strong against anti-Zionist, BDS, and the like. Of course, there's a bunch of Jewish anti-Zionists, though generally it is due to being completely misinformed. He gave us the source from Pew Research. Don't abandon us just yet, Achi. He wrote, and he signed it off, much love, signed it off, much love from the U.S. side of the family. Cheers, Saul. So first of all, we're not abandoning you. We love you too, Saul. Much love. Uh, you are our brother, and uh, I thought I thought I had said this. I think I had the most harsh words against mm-hmm. the Jewish Americans, mm-hmm. which is why you're sitting back and you're like, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, um, I thought I had made it clear, but I, I, I'm all for Jews who are supportive of Israel in the United States, and I don't think we should turn our back on them or anything like that. Uh, my My main point was just that I don't believe we should be investing so much time, money, and effort in trying to win back anti-Zionist Jews or care about anti-Zionist Jews. I think you don't give it as much credit. It's nice that, you know, this is a lot of words, basically what you're saying. Strongly oppose, say Israel is an essential part, feel we have a lot in common, follow news about Israel. These are a lot of words and think thoughts. But when it comes down to it, most Jews in America vote Democrat. And I think that that's a big, basically, slap in the face to Israel, especially nowadays when you have members of the Democratic Party like Ilhan Omar and, you know, Rashida Tlaib and and, and Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are no big friends of Israel. I mean, they, you know, they still walk the walk and talk the talk, but they don't really act. They don't really walk the walk, actually. Um so, and I think it really is a big slap, especially since Obama. I mean, he was just so, you know, unsupportive of Israel. He he ended his his uh, his uh, tenure as president with a huge slap in the face with that UN uh, stunt. Uh, signed the deal with Iran. Signed the deal with Iran, which was obviously just ridiculous. And Joe Biden is racing back to that deal, racing back to the table. Uh, so I, I think that is the, and now I get it. I get that, you know, you might be on the left side of things and you might have, you might believe in social welfare and uh, your economic uh, views might be on the left side of the political aisle and so on and so forth. So it's a lot to ask for you, of you, to put all of your politics aside and vote Republican just for Israel. But that's why I don't think that Jews have a future in the United States because you shouldn't be forced to put your Judaism against your politics. You should live in a place where the Jewish part is a given. Mm-hmm. And now you just or- vote on politics. So I don't, I'm not abandoning you. I love you, man. I just think you should move here and build a beautiful Jewish family with, you know, Saul, the first Saul, the second Saul, the third have all the little souls and Saulettes running around and we'll build a, happy big jewish home here and i wanted to talk about our interview that we did for uh, the daily lie 
yeah. podcast uh, where I said about the Gazans that they live like dogs. And some people close to me were like, why would you, why are you so blunt? Like, why, why would you say such blunt words? And just to clarify why I said it, I, I didn't say that they are dogs. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, just, like. <laughs> they live like dogs. The reason I said they live in Gaza like dogs is because it's, it's just a fact. Like they have no electricity, no running water, no food. No sewage. No sewage. Like sewage is running down the street. They live like a third world country. Yeah. Um, not because they don't have resources, but because they elected Hamas to lead them and they let Hamas run the, 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 this piece of uh, municipality or whatever. And the fact is they live in subhumane uh, conditions. Yeah, but, you know, honestly, dogs don't live that disgustingly, so... It's not really okay. So I take it back. No, that's true. Wild dogs, right? They don't. They don't live like that. Um, And domesticated dogs definitely don't live like that. So it's not quite accurate. Okay, I take it back. They live like rats, (laughs) like sewage rats. Is is that is that that where you wanted this to go? Yes. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Aitan. Like I said, like yeah. Yeah. Um, no, but you you see my point. Like I I I I have no qualms with saying those kind of things about these people. I honestly don't. I mm-hmm. I get the I get I get it like like uncomfortable it's uncomfortable talking about people like animals, but like I mean these people express horrific I like ideas and desires and they support deeds that are horrific and a lot of them commit deeds that are horrific and they're they're and they do live very sub in like you're saying, subhumane standards. Yeah, it's disgusting. They're oh, <laughs> Google's weighing in. I guess we have some hate speech going on yeah. here. Uh, <laughs> the Big Brother is listening. They 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 have disgusting actions. They have disgusting thoughts, and their living conditions are a lot of the times very disgusting. So I don't. I mean, I have no qualms calling saying that it's like dogs or like sewage rats or whatever. It's a it's a hyperbole, but it's. Yeah, and I, I, I encourage you guys to Google life conditions in Gaza and see for yourselves. Judge for yourselves. Because yeah. people just look how they live. Yeah. And they are willing to live like that only for the cause, the false dream of one day. Hopefully having their son murder a Jew. Yeah, or conquering. That would be, their, that would be the dream. Yeah, of but a... I'm saying even bigger, like the dream to do... To, to, to realize the dream of of conquering the entire oh, land. Oh yeah, but still, if they conquered the entire land, uh, Fatima would still be very, very happy if her son Muhammad blew himself up on a subway in Amsterdam. No, they won't. Oh, in Amsterdam, and maybe. you know, became a shaheed for the Muslim, for the wider Muslim cause of conquering maybe, the world. But that's she would be extremely happy. It's a far reach. I'm talking about day to day, close. Uh, you know. Uh, I'm talking about tomorrow or the, yeah. the the near future, not the so distant future. So basically, yeah. So they are willing to sacrifice everything, <coughs> living like in those horrific conditions, which none of us would ever live, um, in order to not give up the dream of killing us all. Yeah. And 
Yeah, it's a pretty shitty. It's a as what what did the that what, a wise What's man once say? What did, yeah, what did that wise man once say? Uh, it's a shithole country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Okay, guys. Hopefully, we didn't depress you too much. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, we don't get kicked off of all of the platforms we're on. Yeah, Instagram, Spotify, Facebook, YouTube. You can always find us. We on hope OnlyFans. you guys love free speech and the tenets of free Western democracies and Western civilizations more than you. Um, I don't know. Are intolerant of other opinions. Yeah. We hope that you guys can hear other ideas. Enough to leave us on. And not unsubscribe. Um, yeah. Guys, thanks for listening. And if you like us, uh, please donate to njb.com slash donate. Uh, yes. We'd really yes, appreciate yes. it. Also, Aitan has a new mouth to feed right yeah, now. Yeah, so we, we really need it. Um, so basically. We just ran out of baby formula. So yeah. Basically, she's not going to eat until you guys donate to 2NJB. Everything you have. Yeah, everything you have. I mean, you know, the more the merrier. She'll have an extra meal. Yeah. Ma- Daniela's food intake is based right now. It's in your hands. Her your fate hands. is in your hands. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, guys. Thank you for Bye. tuning in. Bye. <laughs>